I'm Ashley Milne-Tite, co-host of the Let's Find Common Ground podcast. And I sat down with Common Ground Committee co-founders Bruce Bond and Eric Olson the other day to get their take on Common Ground Committee's recent live event, Finding Common Ground on Guns. This was held at George Washington University in Washington, D.C. The panelists were Democratic Senator from Connecticut Chris Murphy and former Republican Congressman from Texas Will Hurd. The audience included a lot of GWU students, including one who'd survived the Highland Park shooting in Illinois last July. I started off by asking Bruce if there was anything about the event that surprised him. I was surprised at how they avoided talking points. They never dodged a question. You know, Heard didn't back away. For example, he didn't back away at all from, you know, his A rating from the NRA. And there were things that they disagreed about, even though we had some some folks that uh, thought that there was too much common ground, if you can believe that. But they never shied away from any question. What I was thinking was that, you know, when the tough question comes, there's going to be a path they're going to take that's going to allow them to kind of thread a needle, not ticking off their constituents and yet appearing to be reasonable and so forth. And they just did not do that. They were willing to take the hits. The candor really struck me. Eric, anything you weren't expecting? The quality of the questions from the students, they were very informed. They were very knowledgeable about the topic and they asked insightful questions because they had a strong knowledge base. And I thought that was quite interesting and quite surprising. I mean, they're, you know, freshmen there. We 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 had a freshman student who was at Highland Park that was really impressive to have him uh, there asking questions. I think the things that surprised me about the panelists, I do think that Chris Murphy was very strong on having an assault weapons ban. And I didn't feel like Will Hurd responded strongly in one way or another. He He didn't endorse what Chris was saying and he didn't push back hard on what Chris was saying. It didn't strike me that way. I was interested when the question of enforcing existing laws, which is a common thing you hear among gun advocates, comes up. They, they say, well, you know, one of the things we need to do is enforce existing laws on the books. And uh, Will Hurd was the one who brought that up. And Chris Murphy responded and said, yes, we should enforce existing laws on the books, but there are a lot of regulations that make it difficult to enforce those, those laws. And he uh, itemized a few of them. And first of all, that was news to me. I hadn't never heard that response to we should uh, enforce the existing laws. And I gather it was uh, it was news to Will Hurd, too, who said, that's interesting. I did not know that. And so I'm learning something new here. That was a moment where you have people who are bringing different perspectives and they come and they may have different knowledge bases and so forth. And that interaction is the kind of thing that we want to see encouraged by common ground conversations. You mentioned being surprised that Will Hurd and Chris Murphy didn't adhere to talking points and that they were really candid. Can you go into that a little bit more, give a couple of examples maybe? Will Hurd has a has a, a rating from the National Rifle Association. And there was a response from Chris about uh, the fetishization of guns and how this was something that was very 
damaging to the culture and so forth. And that having guns was kind of a macho, you know, manly kind of thing. And that's why you did it and so forth. Heard said, you know, uh, I understand that. And I agree with that. It's not like that everywhere. He said, in where I'm from in South Texas, people have guns because they use them as tools. And it's not about being macho or anything. It's about, that's what you do. I would also point out that Murphy was in an odd way, but respectful way, very, well, he was very respectful in his, in his praise of the NRA's ability to get their job done. And he said, he talked about how they, you know, they've done a wonderful job of marketing. And, you know, obviously he doesn't like it, but he sees that that's the reality. And that's important because he, he sent the message that said, this is what we're facing, an excellent marketing machine here. And let's not underestimate it. These guys are good at this. And so it means we're going to have to work that much harder if we're going to overcome, um, you know, the barriers that I believe the NRA is putting up for us. And uh, I think that's a very candid and respectful way of addressing, you know, the opposition. There was quite a lot of common ground, as you said. Bruce, was there an issue where you felt, yeah, there's less common ground here? I, I thought there were two. One is what Eric was talking about, about, you know, the following or enforcing gun law. Will was like, yep, absolutely. This is what we need to do, as Eric said. And then Murphy was like, yeah, but, you know, it's actually difficult to do that. And it's only a part of the story. And so he and he went on to other things. And then the other was clearly banning assault weapons. You know, Heard never came out and said, you know, we should not ban assault weapons. But when he would he would say things like, you know, we need to raise raise the age limit. And Murphy would come back and say, yep. And we got to I'm saying this shorter than he did. And we've got to ban these guns. And he, he came back to that. He wasn't, you know, like a dog with a bone on it or anything, but he said that frequently. It was very clear that Heard did not agree with that. But, but uh, there was certainly a lot more agreement than disagreement. And there was one point that I thought in particular that I thought was interesting, where we had a graphic on that showed the differences in views of Democrats and, and Republicans on whether gun control versus second amendment rights was kind of the was kind of the uh, the point of it and will heard kind of attacked the, the the graphic and he said you know this this is presenting something that's a false binary it implies that you can either have second amendment rights or you can have gun control and that's just not a reasonable way to approach this and he was very attacking of that of that graphic i wondered what chris murphy was going to say in response to that he agreed right away and he very forcefully said, I think that the Second Amendment provides for private gun ownership, period. And, and he said, I think this is something the Democrats have to recognize and get over and not present as a potential issue that we're going to we're going to uh, ban all guns because that isn't going to happen in the United States. You know, I'd add a couple other things regarding the um, the graphic that Eric was talking about from Pew Research that they they commented on. I was struck by Murphy's response where he said, you know, actually, this is a bad question. And he said that it's very divisive and uh, unnecessarily so in so many words. And as, you know, a common grounder, so to speak, that was music to my ears that he said that. The other thing that just occurred to me when we were talking about that graphic that I should have said when you said, was there something that surprised me? 
was that they, on a number of occasions, put an emphasis on what the data tells us. And that's a, you know, that that's significant because what it says is if you're going to make good gun policy, don't make it out of talking points, figure out what's really going on and let's build out from that. They both embrace that notion, not in the words that I just said, but it was very clear that neither of them wanted to make policy based on, you know, emotions and quote, common sense. They wanted to, to see what the data said because there was a sort of an implication i forget they may have had an example or two where the data said that a commonly held notion was actually wrong and if you built out that way you end up with bad policy did this event achieve what you hoped it would achieve what did you hope it would achieve and has it i'm going to go first on this you know one of the things that we like to say is about uh, our form events is we want to demonstrate what good looks like. And I think that this demonstrate, demonstrated what good looks like in spades. I mean, it was a very clear demonstration and had, and had some really significant points as, as we've talked about of how two people who are on different sides of the aisle can talk through different issues, inform one another about factors that they may not be aware of and uh, search for ways to find common ground. And they both recognize the fact that it's not about solving everything in one fell swoop. It's about looking for those points where you can find agreement and then building out from that. That's something that we say all the time. It's kind of the point of what we uh, try to make about common ground. Once you have things that you can agree on, then you can work out from that to expand other uh, areas that you can uh, find agreement on. Ashley, there are, in doing the market research on our target markets, if you will, there are just a few things that our followers, if you will, people that are concerned about this situation that we're in, the exhausted majority who wants to see change. There are three things they want from an organization like ours. They want us to hold our elected officials accountable. They want us to give them inspiration and hope, and they want us to make them smart on an issue, on the issues they care about. Those three things. As far as holding elected officials accountable, that's not what our events are about. Our scorecard is more about that. But the other two, giving inspiration and hope and making me smart on the issue. This event delivered A plus in all three of those areas. A friend of mine who was there used the word inspired, how she was inspired by what she heard. And that's what we heard from the students. And as far as making me smart on the issue, oh my goodness, this these guys went deep on this issue, big time. And even as Eric said, even they even learned from each other in this whole process. And that's a situation where if you can raise the general understanding about an issue so that you really move away from the talking points and you get into the nuances, the complexity and that sort of thing, that puts you in a better under position to understand why this is hard and therefore how you can move forward yourself when you try to navigate with this particular topic. And that's how you find, ultimately, you find common ground and you make progress on the issue. And so in those areas, this event, as much or more than any I can think of, just nailed it. And I, we were thrilled with that. Bruce Bond and Eric Olson, co-founders of Common Ground Committee. You'll be hearing more insights from them on lots of different topics in the months ahead. 
And if you miss the event on guns, the whole thing is available on Common Ground Committee's website at commongroundcommittee.org and on our YouTube channel. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening.